When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to our show, where we talk about our favorite TV shows with our friends. This is the second episode of Dairy Girls, a Netflix series set in Northern Ireland. Today, Steve and I are here to talk about episodes two and three. Yes, we are indeed. This was my show. I chose this show. Eli had never seen it. Um, We covered the pilot last time, which was a lot of fun. And today we're going to cover episodes two and three of Dairy Girls. So let's jump in. Eli, what'd you think about episode two? Wow. It was a lot of fun. (laughs) I wasn't sure what direction they were going to take it on the heels of the pilot. And I feel like the pilot itself was kind of a self-contained episode and it was you know certain shows kind of go that way where they're uh, a consistent story yet each episode is its own mini caper or story and Mm -hmm. the pilot really was kind of a fun caper in and of itself so i wasn't sure if they would just go to the next caper or more of a continuation, and sort of where this would land on the spectrum. So uh, it was a lot of fun to dive right in to episode two. And, of course, Steve, you'll know that the opening scene of episode two... I know you were psyched about it. I know you were psyched about it. But you make a good point. Before we jump into that, you make a really good point, because they could have just left you know picked up right where the pilot left off right because she just is like give me that that journal you know and it could have just kept going um but you're absolutely right these these the format seems to be these self-contained mini caper mini storyline films the journal had its had its moment to really shape and and be a big part of the structure of the pilot yeah and Immediately in the second episode, we're just we're moving on, right? Another day, another moment in their lives in this exactly. world, and it opens up with something that I I figured you <laughs> would think was pretty funny, which was an acapella scene. A little bit of inf- inside information here: um, um, Elijah, our co-host Eli, is uh, I don't want to say avid, but um, very involved acapella singer. Um, has been a recovering acapellic. Yeah, he's a recovering <laughs> acapellic. <laughs> that's, that's awesome. That's exactly what you are. Um, he was addicted to acapella singing and uh, was in many groups for a long number of years, and now he's in recovery. And so, um, even for me, you know, I just was in chorus in, in high school and in grade school, so I I thought this was funny in and of itself. Very I think it's funny. pretty universally funny moment, but I knew it would land for you. And uh, of course, 
not only is it just funny in general, uh, the way that it opens right in the middle of it, right? There's no intro or anything. You're literally at an acapella show at a school assembly and just cutting, you know, cutting to the different characters' faces. And of course, Claire, (laughs) Claire's horrified (laughs) as usual and just hilarious. And then truly gets awful too. Uh, You know, our our friendly prefect uh, doesn't have the solo voice she wishes, unfortunately. And it is just truly, (laughs) truly nails on a chalkboard to a former acapella singer. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and it, it really brings you right back to um, these characters, um, their individuality. You know, they cut away to Orla, who um, is just mesmerized by it, transfixed. She's like, she's clearly like the oddball <laughs> of the group, and has a sort of opposite reaction as everyone else is kind of in disgust. And Michelle's Ugh. literally like, "WTF? What is this?" And then, um, kind of in a very funny way, they they have. Sister Michael on the side of the stage is having a similar experience as the girls, just sort of <laughs> agonized, like just very painful to sit through this and just like, didn't I ban this? Wasn't this on the banned list? And isn't didn't yeah. I ban this song? Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. Her uh assistant or whoever is uh running through all the love theme songs that are banned already. She's like, oh yeah. no, no, not this one. She's like, all right. Uh, ban this one, ban this one. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting thing that uh, they show there. They don't get into it, but I, if I remember correctly, it comes up later on. So there's, you know, it's not a typical like Catholic school where there's, you know, you think of going to Catholic school, it's like all the teachers are nuns, right? And all the faculty and everybody is a priest or a nun. But it seems to be like, like there seem to be some plain clothed teachers in the mix. It's probably mm. more authentic to what Ireland was, which some of them are just professional teachers, right? But they mm. work at a um at a Catholic school. Right. Uh, but yeah, so really funny. And then after that they make um the announcement, uh sister <laughs> Michael makes the announcement about the school trip that the it's the Euro Trotter school trip. <laughs> it's gonna be in Paris. Um and and uh, so they really quick find out that it's a very expensive trip to yes. go to Paris. And so here we have, we're back with Jenny, our prefect, who um, is a running theme in these school scenes because she's just in the mix for literally everything. She's the prefects. She's doing the school assemblies. She's she's in the singing in the acapella group. She's heading up the committee to like <laughs> organize this trip. Like she's literally like everywhere. She's the and, face of um, school. And it's very funny role and a very funny um, device too. And uh, so she she mentions she has an easy fix for them, right? That worked for her, which was just use your trust fund. Yeah. So so she was living in another space, I think, (laughs) economically, clearly from that. And um, but that was a uh, funny to like hear that brought up in the setting of this show. I definitely thought, wow, that's interesting that it's like relevant or supposedly, you know, relevant here. Whereas I think of that as more of like a, a American, um, mm-hmm. especially just like sort of the way she talks about it and uh, refers to it. Um, just use your trust fund. Like, so to hear it, you know, reference there is really funny. And I think, you know, the gang's reaction to it really proves 
sort of my, you know, idea about it, which is like, how relevant is it there? And of course, they don't seem to have any idea what it is, right? So it right. isn't that relevant, at least not to most people there, right? Um, but right. of course, so it's like it doesn't matter where you live; it's you either have a trust fund and you know what it is, or you don't, right? <laughs> and yeah, and so um, hilarity uh, ensues as they're like, okay, <laughs> so they go to yeah. their parents. Uh, I know, to find and her out where mom takes her for is. a ride. <laughs> yeah, her mom takes her for a ride, and the mother. I don't know if you got this experience, but for me, it just keeps emerging episode to episode. It's like a really funny character. Really funny. Um, and immediately begins just just kind of effing with Aaron about this idea about her trust fund existing <laughs> and kind of like leads her on for about a half a scene before she before she lays it to her that there, that there's there's no trust fund, there's no money for her, there's no money, period. And they there's no fucking, money. There's no trust yeah. funds. <laughs> What are you thinking? Uh, we'd have to have yeah. some money for there to be excess money in a fund for you. Yeah. Yeah. And so they get the, they all come together with, they all share in their disappointment that none of them have a trust fund. <laughs> and um, I think we meet, oh, we meet uh, this restaurant that they're ordering from is uh, Felina's. Is that how you pronounce it? Sorry. <laughs> Obviously, I'm struggling with this character's name. <laughs> Fanula's uh, the job board that she has with the with the post-its on it. Um, and they're like, oh, well, we could do these jobs and make money to go to on our Paris trip. And Aaron, I think, has one of the more funny lines in the episode at that point, um, where she goes, These are more practical, and I'm more of a creative. <laughs> <laughs> So it's like mowing the lawn, babysitting, like those kinds of jobs. She's just like, you know, practical. I'm just more of a creative. Like it's just, she's got no <laughs> options. She's got no money. Like yet she's just sort of like, I'd just be doing something more creative and interesting. Um, can't leave out James. Can't, we haven't mentioned him yet in this episode. And he has a really funny moment in, in the fast food, um, fried, fried place, fried, fried food place where he just doesn't like the food and he winds up getting pushed to the brink of, having to explain it and has a huge outburst that Michelle has to apologize for. <laughs> oh yeah, that is hilarious. Uh, and it's funny how, um, you know, in the first episode we talked about how James is just constantly, you know, pushed to the back, uh, ignored. Literally they won't let him go to the bathroom. I mean, they show the time in the end of detention, right? It's like six at night. He hasn't gone to the bathroom. So uh, there's this, you know, <laughs> this assault on James because he's English. And then he finally, in this second one, has had it, right? Yeah, he like, yeah. He never kind of had that. Obviously, he, he has to go, so eventually he does. But he never has right. that moment in the first where he's like, I mean, he, he a little bit loses it. Like, I should have access to a lavatory, but this is where we really see all of this abuse and getting left behind uh, just erupt. And James just lets them know what he really thinks about Finola's fish and chips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you're right. And he's, cause he's stuck there. Right. So these, the end of the pilot, we realized his mom just left, went back to England without him. And he's just in Northern Ireland now. And, and uh, it's not, <laughs> 
he's not really happy about it. I mean, why would he be? He's got no real, you know, he's got this group of girls that treat him like crap and those are his only friends. Yeah. And I don't know if this is a, a deeper like reference about the difference between Irish and English fish and chips or something like that, but he's had it. And uh, unfortunately, it just adds fuel to the fire because later the kids get mixed up, of course, in a caper. And uh, yep. that involves Fanula. Um, so yeah, it's all just like fuel for a fire that's starting to burn. Right. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and, um, to get there, we get back for dinner at Aaron's and her boring uncle is there telling the story of being robbed. And that's a really funny scene. And then we go out later with Aaron and, and everyone and Michelle shows up and she's stolen the job board from the entire board. uh, Literal. Yeah. Job board. Yeah. Yeah. And James <laughs> makes a good point. She could have just taken the jobs because they were pinned up by a thumbtack, <laughs> but she took the whole thing and shows up. And I loved this sequence. I loved it because I love um, <laughs> some of the things that everyone says, the interactions. Um, I think they said, uh, they said, oh, Aaron, you just want to go because you're just going to be riding Charlene. She's like, I'm not going to be riding Charlene. I just think it might be a time for me to move on friend-wise. And Claire was like, you do realize you're talking to your current group of friends? <laughs> <laughs> and then that goes right into Michelle's speech, which I thought was just like a, such a cool sequence. She has this like, like political general to the troops army speech where she's yeah. like, Fight, we got to fight for our rights. Like, I will shag a French lad. Yeah. And they shoot it <laughs> as if it's like uh, the beginning of a musical. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're like all of a sudden in, in a musical, uh, but there's no music. Um, I love this whole part of this episode, right? And then, because then it goes to into um, Little Green Bag, right? Like more Pulp Fiction music. Yep. And it's kind of a slow mo, like, yeah, we're going to make this money. We're just about, you know, we're going to yeah. set you over this montage and. We're gonna make money and we got the plan and we're on this we're on this caper and then real quick <laughs> yeah real quick they just get busted because Claire could Claire could not keep it to herself she is oh man Claire she is cannot. not built no for these lies these deceptions these teenage hijinks she cannot keep her mouth shut oh there's a great line though right before that where uh you know right before they take off to the little green bag where they're divvying up the final three jobs. Oh yeah. Back in the bedroom. Yeah. (laughs) That's a funny scene. uh, Lawn mowing, gardening, general yard work. And Orla's like me. She's like, yeah, that makes sense. James is like, what, what are you talking about? That's, that's man's work. Like I'm the only man here. And everyone's kind (laughs) of like, and he's like, well, I'm more of a man than Orla. And Orla's like, I do not accept that. <laughs> yeah. That was a really funny exchange. I just, uh, I love the way they, they, um, I love the way they, the, the choreography of these scenes, the way they like have the kid, have the different teenagers. Um, James like sitting up attentive on the bed. Um, Aaron standing, like divvying up all the, the jobs and, and, um, everyone's characters just come out so clearly, even just the way like Michelle's sitting, but she's like leaning back, kind of sitting cool. And Orla's like 
on the back the back of the bed sitting in a very kind of weird weird orla way and and they they just do a, a killer job um i think the direction and the and the and just how they craft each individual scene to make yeah. it as funny as funny as possible, really. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the the entire scene and shot um, blocking everything um, really adds to it. And okay, so, so then, so yeah. then they get busted. Then they yeah, get then busted, and um, and to to pay their penance, of course. They always have to pay their penance, right? So Yeah, and um, to avoid suspension from this restaurant. Because the moms could not bear having to cook every night. Yeah. Uh, so they don't want their supply to Fanula's cut off. So the kids have to clean. Clean the fry shack. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, so of course Michelle has the perfect solution. Yeah, Michelle had shots. ditched them initially. She, she was she bounced kind of like at the very beginning of that cleaning montage. She was already up there, like just yeah. rocking out. Up um, Fanula's. Yeah, finds her way to Fanula's apartment upstairs and gets into her liquor cabinet. Gets the music going. She's like, let's get some shots going on. Is the bright idea of setting them on fire? She wasn't gonna particularly flaming end shots. Well, yeah, flaming yeah. shots. Clearly, not the safest thing. Um. Yeah, and this this leads uh, leads us into a hilarious ending, which mm. basically like ties up and pulls in you know all different parts of the episode, gets their moms in on the caper, yeah, and uh, they tie them all to the radiator to try to explain this fire, and uh, yeah, elements of of the fact and fiction of this episode, including the right. The that of course kidnapping. leads back to the, yeah, to the boring uncle's kidnapping <laughs> events, how he was, he um, was tied to the radiator by his shoelaces. So they, we kind of recreate new shoelaces. this yeah. new shoelaces. Right. <laughs> and they recreate this to sort of stage that they didn't have anything to do with it again, with fear of being banned for life and not getting to eat this fried food. Yeah. All right, cool. That was episode two. And so we are going to talk about episode three, but I want everyone at home to keep in mind that episode three, Eli has an out. If he, he gets to decide, because I chose this show. So after we talk about episode three, Eli gets to make the decision if we're going to keep watching Dairy Girls all the way through the first season Ooh. or not. Or so Eli, what would you think of episode three? Episode three was funny episode <laughs> three it was indeed was really uh a caper within a caper and yeah it took us to almost another level of comedy uh, yeah through, i was gonna ask you about that i don't know how you yeah. feel about it but it did it did seem to kind of progress like pilot second episode third episode they really went to more of an a, of a higher comedy in yeah. situational things that were happening were more absurd and more you know they were able to kind of take some yeah. stronger liberties because they created this world that you're playing in already, right? And I really felt that uh, almost '70s comedy esque vibe we talked about last time um, 
felt that a lot in this third episode as just the like, yeah, the caper within the caper or lie within the lie, really, as it was. And then the introduction of of this new character, um, Peter. (laughs) <laughs> Father, P- Father Peter, yeah, Father uh, Peter, and the and the disdain that that Sister Michael Michael has for Father Peter, yeah, just a great comedic. I'm glad you brought up the idea of you know these comedies and films and things from the 70s because that when I think of that for this episode, I think a little bit about like the sequence too when they introduce um, Father Peter and he walks in in slow motion. For some reason, and everyone's all the girls' reactions to him, which was just a very funny scene anyway. But like, yeah. just that, um, and you know, James. there was a little bit, of, <laughs> and James too. James was like mesmerized because Father yeah. Peter was like the coolest guy ever, and then yeah. James starts dressing like him, and tries <laughs> to get his hair to look like his. Um, and is that a a fast hold gel, a long hold gel? It's a move. <laughs> it's a move. Yeah. Those quite the questions were funny. So, um, but just take us to the top of episode three. We we come right into an overnight study session for exams. There's big exams coming up. A lot of pressure. I thought Claire was really funny in these moments. She's chugging <laughs> energy drinks um, and kind of losing her mind a little bit. Um, someone opens the windows. It reveals that it's morning and like they haven't really done anything <laughs> um they go downstairs they're having breakfast grandpa's cooking them breakfast and making sure they're all fed and all kinds of food and then um i love the part when james comes down and the grandfather realizes that james also spent the night yeah yeah and of course uh aaron's dog has passed away her mother comes back from burying her dog um there's mention of a local woman, Mrs. Malarkey, that the grandfather has a rivalry with. He won't hear her name in the house. Yeah. Can't be spoken. Maureen Malarkey. Yep. And um, uh, the, the girls are on their way to school. Long story, long story short, Aaron thinks that she sees her dog Toto. They follow it into a church. It's a pretty funny sequence of them praying you know deciding to kneel down and pray for good grades right and uh claire i think is hallucinating because of all the energy drinks and the caffeine high that she's on and thinks that the statue smirked smirked at her (laughs) i saw a smirk yeah that leads us to sister michael because they're dealing with uh now a uh an aberration what do they call it Um, an apparition i think apparition yeah and she's on the phone that was really funny when she's talking about it and uh she's kind of just casually talking to like a like a nun friend of hers right that part's really funny because yeah she's like oh you know like she's just like she's like hey like a colleague friend she's like hey like no i can't on friday no i have judo i don't want to miss it Yeah, so in order to properly, you know, I guess decide whether or not they saw an apparition and whether or not that's grounds for missing the exam, the big exam, uh, they bring in Father Peter. 
Yeah. You know, immediately Father Peter starts having these asides and drifting off into this place where he's questioning spirituality and his own faith and not realizing that he's like talking out loud and, and all these kind of like wild, wildly kind of comedic moments. Um, and Sister, Sister Michael's just overall not like not in, in a sense, she doesn't like priests anyway, but she really doesn't like this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of the situation itself is comedic. And um, of course, at this point, I would say we're beyond uh, questioning <laughs> plot yeah. points, right? Like, so yeah, why yeah, is totally. this guy even here? Right. Like, why is he the the guy, uh, the expert or the person even like adjudicating or whatever is going on? Yeah, uh, I didn't even think about it. Like, it's just like, hey, there's a spiritual thing and they had to call in. Father Peter. Official, yeah, Father <clears throat> Peter. You know, this is where we're at. But yeah, it serves as a comedic uh, springboard for Sister Michael's uh, dry, wry commentary, constantly just questioning. Uh, everything he's doing and saying and is. Yeah. And um, it's really funny because Aaron just immediately thinks that she and Father Peter have this instant connection. <laughs> and, uh, and it takes you back to uh, this next sequence at Aaron's house, which is really funny when Father Peter's talking to the whole family about this situation. And they're like, so what does he want to do? And, and, <laughs> and Jerry, the dad's just like, Think he wants to dig up the wee dog's grave. <laughs> um, and James arrives dressed like Father Peter, and that was a super <laughs> funny moment, right? Um, everyone kind of shows up and they have a sort of meeting. The teenagers have a kind of meeting in the front of Aaron's house, yeah, um, about how they're gonna uh deal with this. And the decision is everyone has a reason to kind of keep the lie going. The big plan is to dig up the, the dog get the body out of there before, before the, the priest digs up the dog and finds the body. Right. To their amazement, surprise. Uh-huh. The priest comes down and their dog isn't there. It's been resurrected. So Whoa. it's a big moment for, big moment for Father Peter. And uh, which leads to a very funny moment with Aaron and her mom. She gets <laughs> to see her mom acting very strangely. Hmm, what's going on? Yeah. And uh, checks in on her and discovers that her mom gave away Toto to none other than Miss Malarkey. What? (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) Their family nemesis turns out probably not actually a nemesis. Uh, Seems like actually the mom is still friends with Maureen Malarkey. And yeah, it's just the grandfather. The dog, because I think she explains it like theirs had passed or something, right? And like, <laughs> yeah. And then I think Aaron says too, like, there's some reference to the mom's childhood dog was perfect. Right. So, like, no other no pet dog can be. will ever live up to that. Yeah. And um, there's this thing that. It's definitely now Aaron sort of has something on her mom. Yeah. Um, you know, and so we'll see if that comes back around in future episodes or not. Um, anyway, uh, when they're getting their picture in the paper and 
and uh, Aaron takes a moment to go and and try to connect with Father Peter. Uh, discovers <laughs> that he's met someone that he has a connection with. She thinks she's talking about her, of course, that there's course. a romantic link here. And so she spills the beans to him to give him permission to run away with her and be in love with her. And, and uh, wah, certainly, wah, was, wah. certainly was not talking about her at <laughs> all. But of it crushed course. him and he is no longer. Um, there's disillusionment of the Catholic faith and is complete in that yeah. moment. Yeah. He's walking away. You think he's walking away from it all. Yeah. Um, which leads to poor James. This was, I think for all the kind of like everything he's been through with these three <laughs> episodes, I feel like this was kind of the saddest moment for James when he just was like, I want to be just like you. I want to be a priest. And he's like, Oh, don't be such a dick. James. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the only person who didn't think James was a dick, or at least voiced that. Yeah. Uh, just called him, him a dick. Let him have it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a rough one. And they finally, after all of this, have to take the exam. <laughs> and uh, the, the article in the paper goes from them being holy heroes to... Um, Hoaxes, hoax, yeah, holy hoaxes. Yeah, and, uh, Michelle's still digging the notoriety. She's still digging the publicity, the yeah. PR for sure. Yeah, yeah. And the fun thing about a show like this is that you know, as wild as the capers get, and as harsh as the repercussions seem, you know they'll be back next time for the next caper, right? So, uh. Whereas sometimes these shows that straddle the line more between, you know, real and comedy or drama and comedy, uh, the, the highs are high and the lows are low. Whereas here, you know, it's all comedy, I think we've seen, and they've set the tone. So that sort of allows you to really go on these adventures and not be too worried that anyone, you know, we know James will be back and there'll be something new that they'll be making fun of him for. And uh, so, yeah. yeah, as crushing as they, the moments are, we know the comedic uh, will allow them to bounce back, I believe, too. Yeah, and even if they fail, or if it, obviously the capers don't work out in their favor, there's still like things they take away that move their characters forward in a, in a positive direction. So if you look at a show like, I think the opposite of this for a comedy would be like Seinfeld. Mm. where it just never works out for them. Yeah. Like whatever they're doing throughout the episode, you invest all your time into, and then it's always just a big wah, wah at the end. Yeah. Like um, the Dairy Girls thing, the energy, the flow, like at the end of this, Erin still had something over her mom. Right. You know, that's going to come back or, or be something that's going to be useful for her down the road. You know, and everyone, there's there's character growth mm-hmm. here, and that's that's cool. Yeah. Yeah, and that... You know, going back to that earlier point of uh, how fun it is for a show to go on uh, these short rides within a longer ride. It's like mm-hmm. a whole day at the amusement park, um, and each little ride is its own ride, but it's part of a bigger day and story that builds. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, and so through three episodes, we are really in the group of friends here with Aaron and her friends. 
We are getting to know her family more and more. Her mom and, and father and grandfather and aunt or everyone's merging, um, becoming more funny, more compa- complex and complete characters. Um, we met a very boring uncle. We'll see if he returns. So, um, and of course, there's everyone at the school and and Sister Michael and and all the uh, other school classmates. Um, so, Eli, through three episodes of Dairy Girls, now is your moment. If you feel like you want to stop, you want to pick a new show. That's up to you. It's also up to you if we keep going and keep watching the rest of mm. Dairy Girls in this first season. So, Eli. Wow. Without further ado. Drum roll, please. We just watched episode three, right? Yeah. The first season is three more? Yep, six total for this first season of, of Dairy Girls. Well, what are we waiting for, Steve? We've got three All more right. episodes to watch. Let's do it. Yeah. Woo-hoo-hoo. Good job, Eli. No, I had no doubt. I had no doubt the way you reacted to the pilot. I knew this was going to be a keeper. Gonna well, be a keeper. It's, it's hard to object to uh, such fun, digestible watches. Um, and really, I think this show is a great way to watch shows and talk about them and would be... This show specifically being Dairy Girls would be really fun to watch with a friend when, you know, we're back to going over to each other's houses and actually sitting and watching together because it is a literal laugh out loud, really funny adventure. The accents, the costumes, the settings, and just as we've said, the direction, comedic timing, Uh, It's all just really well done, and it makes for a very enjoyable 25-ish minutes per episode. So join us. Yeah, join us. We will be back next time. Join us next time. (laughs) For the next episode of Shows with Friends, we are going to be watching episodes four and five of Dairy Girls season one. So please watch along with us. Four and five. And we'll talk about it. See you next time. Hello, friends, and thanks for listening. We just wanted to take a quick moment and let you know that we are really excited to be a part of a growing podcast network. It's called Connected Podcasts, and there are many other great shows on the network that we think you are going to enjoy. That's Connected, C-O-N-N-E-C-T-D, podcasts.com. Thanks for listening.